Hey everybody, welcome to the, I guess, inaugural NASCAR DFS podcast for the 2021 season. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined, as always, by the two-time FSWA NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, how has the brief off-slash-silly season been for you? Uh, really quick. Like, it's hard to imagine that we were talking about NASCAR again. And the last time we talked about NASCAR was the beginning of November. Yeah, just uh, over two months year. ago. Yeah. Um, I think the offseason's 13 weeks long, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So we're basically through 11 weeks of that. Um, yeah, that's pretty insane that it goes that fast. I've been keeping busy plowing through a bunch of new tools for uh, Fantasy Alarm, some of which we'll see for the NASCAR season, some of which... Uh, if you've been playing esports, you've already taken advantage of the League of Legends lineup generator. That was on the to-do list. Um, and baseball content, because, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff here at FA. Yeah, uh, the season doesn't start for over two months for baseball, yet the MLB draft guide is already rolling content out. I've already uh, put out four articles. <laughs> I've, put, I've put out one. I have three coming out next week. Uh, but we are focusing on – this will mostly cover, um, I guess, changes in the cup schedule. Uh, but we are going to touch on everything that we're offering at Fantasy Alarm this upcoming season, ranging from the cup level all the way down to the Xfinity and the Truck Series. Uh, we will be covering every series in depth this season, um, not not just the half-assed articles that I would write for Truck at the last minute. Um However, uh, so Matt, you've already released the uh, the welcome letter. Uh, the NASCAR DFS package is now available on FantasyAlarm.com. Uh, let's talk about what is new that we at Fantasy Alarm are offering this coming season. Uh, so new is full-time coverage of Xfinity and Truck. We kind of started that in the middle of last year. Um, thanks to Dan for the yeoman's work on that most weeks. Uh, I did fill in a couple of weeks. Um, and we did pretty well overall with Xfinity and Truck. We had some pretty big weekends there. I know a couple of our subs hit, uh, you know, in the four digits on trucks a mm-hmm. couple of times. Um, I think so, that is, like, the unfortunate case with, like, DraftKings. is like they, they I feel like four digits is about as good as you'll do just just because, like, the contest kind of – they're not as big for Cup. But um hoping and I'm a little optimistic that they'll put a little more money and, and better contests out for Truck and Xfinity. Yeah, we can always hope. Uh, they were pretty popular last year. They were selling out bef- like before, well before lock, so that's usually a pretty good sign uh, for them to add some better contests. Um, but yeah, we will be back with our full cup uh, content as well. It changes up a little bit. Um, we are going to have a brand new, essentially, coaches dashboard for NASCAR. Uh, if you are familiar with MLB or NFL or NBA, coverage on fantasy alarm we are modeling our coaches dashboard off of those sports um so essentially that will replace the long form track breakdown article that uh i spend hours putting together each week uh it will have the same data um basically gonna build the tables naturally into the site rather than me uploading them into an article form um so we'll have that. It'll also house the weekly projections all in one spot, season stats, uh, DFS values, stuff like that, all in one spot. It'll have a write-up on top of it of the strategy and the drivers to watch for that week, so you're not missing any content there. Um, the lineup generator has been beefed up a little bit uh, this year. 
tweaked the projections a little bit too. Um, but yeah, the, the key parts here. Oh, and the other key part, we're going to have core plays this year. Okay, no more example lineups from Dan or I. We're going with a feature called the core plays, which, again, we've already debuted this for NBA and NHL and <clears throat> GA and uh, eSports. Um, basically, we will give you the strategy behind our roster construction for that race, and we'll give you uh, a few key guys in each price point on each site that we're building around right. as our core plays. And the idea is to teach you how to read the slate and read how to put together your lineups off of these core players. Yep. Um, as always, we'll always be available in chat or on Twitter or whatever to ask questions. Um, but we feel this is a better way to teach you guys how to win, and the results have been amazing already for NBA. Those guys have been crushing it um, with the, this strategy behind them. And uh, there is going to be a slight change to the podcast format for the upcoming season as well. Uh, if you listened last year, we we never Matt and I never really committed to an actual format or style of what we should do. I went, when we first started it, I think we were doing like 20 to 30 minute podcasts and we were just breaking down a few drivers in the field. Uh, over the course of last year, we were pretty much giving an opinion on every driver and going well over an hour. We're trying to deliver, I guess, more efficient not necessarily shorter but just efficient podcast somewhere in the 30 to yeah somewhere in the 30 to 45 minute range we will briefly touch on uh track breakdown just the style of the track layout whether it's you know a, a road race standard mile and a half super speedway short track dirt um yeah you heard that right there's dirt we'll touch on that later there's a, there's a dirt race uh, but we're going to be breaking down, giving uh, quick overviews for the truck slate, the Xfinity slate, and then the cup race. We're not going to break down every driver in the field. We're just going to touch on the ones that we think matter when um, <laughs> we would get to the dumpster fire uh, options of the cheap range. Uh, we would just kind of skim over a lot of drivers. So, you know, at this point, we're just we're just going to be more efficient with the content uh, for your ears. So that is going to be. Uh, a change in the format for the podcast, at least. Right, and also including Xfinity and Truck in the podcast, which we hadn't really done uh, previously. So you'll get kind of all three there. Um, there'll be a new Best Bets video for me each week up on Wager Alarm. Um, so some nice new changes. Uh, practice there will also reports. be Best Bets for Truck and Xfinity as well. There you go. See, we got a whole lot of new stuff. Uh, practice reports are basically going to go by the wayside at this point um, for the races that have them, which we will touch on in a little bit. Um, I will make mention of them in the playbooks, but it's not going to be a standalone article. There's only eight races this year that have practice, um, and at least a couple of those don't really matter for practice. Um so it was unfair to list it as a standalone piece. But you get all of what we just mentioned for all three series, um, except for the best bets. I want to clarify that. That's on Wager Alarm. That's under a different subscription there. But you get everything on Wager Alarm for monthly pricing. For Fantasy Alarm, the NASCAR package is $90. It's actually a shade under 90 bucks for the season. But if you count up the truck, race, truck races, Xfinity races, and the cup races, there's more than 90 races. So you're basically paying less than a dollar a race for our coverage. 
yeah, the entire wow. season. So you should go ahead and hop on that and take advantage <laughs> of it. Um, uh, we, you know, fantasy alarm has been rolling it here. No matter what the sport, we're we're on quite a hot streak right now, uh, and don't um, plan to make that stop with NASCAR. So, so one thing I guess. Thing. One thing I guess that we can segue to <clears throat> is the upcoming schedule. We talked about, you just touched on how uh, there won't be as many practices. There were hardly any practices last year, uh, just with right. COVID impacting everything. And one thing I will say is that we've seen the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB come back and and have their fair share of COVID um, issues. We'll yeah. call them that. Uh, you've seen players miss time, miss, miss games. Um, the Cardinals took 17 days off in the middle of the it, season. It was a nightmare for the St. Louis Cardinals. It was tough at times for the NFL when they had to reschedule a lot of games midseason. The good thing about NASCAR is that they were one of the first sports to come back last year. Um, you know, and, and they were with MMA. It was MMA and NASCAR for the most part. They came back. They didn't have fans at the race. They got rid of practice, which does tend to give certain drivers an advantage, i.e. Yes. Kyle Busch. Um, <laughs> but overall, with COVID, I think they only had two drivers miss a combined two races, and I think that was Austin Dillon and Jimmy Johnson. Is that correct? Right. Yes, Jimmy Johnson had a positive test, missed the <laughs> Indianapolis race, uh, and then was then was negative, I guess, three days later, so I think it was a false <laughs> positive, but they had to take it seriously, and then Austin Dillon missed, I think, yeah, one race and then was back for the following right. weekend. There were some crew guys that missed some time, but... Um, Overall, NASCAR did a really good job. Yeah. Like, they couldn't make it out to the West Coast in California, but they did a really good job actually getting a whole schedule for a season in. Yeah, and we did have fans, actually. The Bristol All-Star Race had 30,000 fans, which is still the largest crowd to see a game at any uh, sporting event post-COVID last year. And there was no outbreaks following that. So um, NASCAR is trying to get fans back at the track this year, which is also why they canceled the auto club race, because California won't allow fans, and NASCAR didn't want to put up with that. Atlanta announced today that they're going to have um, yeah, camp- that, they're going to have campers on the infield, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, so um, that's right in Dan's uh, neck of the woods. So he's hoping to go to like six races this year, because <laughs> Atlanta's got two triple-header weekends. Uh, so, you know, that'll be nice if Dan goes and sees more NASCAR races than I do this year, simply because he lives in a city with a track. Um, um, so basically, but my overall point was essentially that NASCAR has done a really good job handling COVID, keeping it contained. Um, and so for that, I think it's, you, you're not missing out on, on you're not going to miss out on too many drivers, uh, not racing in their cars. Um, and the other thing that I like about NASCAR DFS, if you're brand new to this sport, um, last spring when I was doing a live stream with Howard and, and Ronis and Hallam, they asked me why people should get in on NASCAR DFS, and I completely butchered the question. Um, but really, a good what I like most about NASCAR DFS is that all you really have to do is is put in the time and the research, pay attention to drivers that fail tech inspection, see who may be going to the back of the field. Um, just know how that may impact the lineup and the scoring. But once the slate starts, once a race starts, that's it. It's locked. You don't have to worry about late swap. You don't have to 
you know, a lot of times when I'm playing NBA DFS, even when the slate locks at seven, I'm not done, you know, paying attention to my lineups. I may be waiting for news pertaining to West Coast games where I still have to make changes to my lineups. No, not with NASCAR. When the race starts, your lineups are locked. You don't have to worry about that. Your lineups are set. You can just go, relax, not have to worry about anything else. You put in the research, nothing aside from a wreck or, you know, a a malfunction on pit road, like the lineup's locked. Nobody can gain an advantage over you after that. That is my ultimate pitch to get into NASCAR DFS. You know, it's, it's not one of these sports where you constantly have to put in new research every day. You can you can research for the same race and the same drivers for a few days leading up to the race. And once the slate locks, it's locked. And you can just enjoy the race, enjoy making money. Matt, that's my pitch. Yeah, my pitch would be that it's the best DFS sweat out there. Um because with baseball, like, you could be needing four home runs late in the game to hit the cash line, right? Which you basically know isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. For NBA, you could be great and then a late swap happens and somebody gets a late night hammer in and you go, you know, to no fault of your own flying down the thing. In NASCAR, you can be out of the cash line on the last lap of the race and then in the cash line by the time the race finishes. Or vice versa sometimes, you know. It happens, but it's you're never in a point where you go, okay, I'm winning this, that's comfortable, or I've completely butchered this slate because anything can, can happen at any given time. There was a race last year. I was dead last halfway through the race. Like I was like, okay, the, the, whatever. Two key guys crashed that everybody played, and I finished in the money line. Finished in the money simply because – you know, guys had bad days. So, yeah, it's a great sport. Um, it is a sport that you can easily get better at every week you play because it's the same drivers every week. Generally speaking, there's a few mm-hmm. guys that swap in and out. But generally speaking, you're talking about the same 40 drivers. Definitely for Cup, you're t- you're always looking at the same 40 drivers. For right. Truck and Xfinity, you'll see a lot more substitutes. But for Cup, it's usually always the same guys. Right, so it's not like it's highly dependent. Like for NBA, it's highly dependent on which slate and who's playing, depending on which position you spend up at or which position is the bargain play, whatnot. For Cup, it's, okay, these are the drivers. This guy's usually good at this style track. So it's a fairly easy sport to pick up as well. And the races are very enjoyable if you know what you're watching for. If you actually have multiple drivers to watch and money on the line, the races get a whole lot more fun to watch. And uh, if you have the opportunity to actually go to a NASCAR race, I highly recommend it. Um, That was one of the things uh, three, four years ago when I wasn't really a NASCAR fan. I only really became a NASCAR fan because I started talking to Matt about the DFS aspect. And then I started going to races in person and fell in love with it. Uh, The product you get on TV doesn't do what is actually happening on the track justice. The cars actually look slower on TV. The tracks actually look smaller on TV. Um, If you have the opportunity... I know a lot of people probably won't, given the state regulations of where you may be living in. But if you have the opportunity to ever go to a NASCAR race, I highly recommend it. It's the same thing with hockey. Hockey just looks better in person than it does exactly. on TV. As NASCAR, you go there, and I cannot tell you the sound that those cars make. Like, the sound does not translate on television. When you go and you see a car actually going 200 miles an hour, it's insane. <laughs> and then you see how close these guys actually get yeah. to each other, and it's nuts. And then you walk up on the track and you feel the banking and it's even crazier, like at Daytona. So, 
Uh, with that, yeah, there were some schedule changes this year. Um, they've kind of turned it. Yeah, uh, some <laughs> is an understatement. Um, there's seven road courses this year on the Cup Series schedule. Seven. I did not misspeak. There are seven points races at a road track. That doesn't even include the Daytona Clash, which is the exhibition race that kicks the season off, which is happening on a road course. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty, pretty fun to see. And to put things in perspective, just two years ago, there were only three road courses on the schedule. Yes. And the year before that, there was only two. Right. Because the Roval's only three years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, we've gone from only having Sonoma and Watkins Glen to having Sonoma and Watkins Glen and the Charlotte Roval to now having Sonoma, Watkins Glen, the Charlotte Roval, Daytona Road Course, Indy Motor Speedway Road Course, Road America. Coda. Circuit of the Americas. Did I forget one? Or are we good? Uh, I, I think like I got them. That one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, there's also a couple new tracks. Uh, one is Nashville Super Speedway. Um, not the fairgrounds, unfortunately, though there's still apparently rumors that's happening. Uh, but Nashville Super Speedway is a, it's kind of an interesting track because it's the same size as Darlington. It's the same surface as Bristol and Dover as in its concrete. Mm-hmm. And the banking is about as shallow as Kansas. So it's a fairly interesting track. We're not quite sure what to make of it just yet. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And then the other quote-unquote new track, they're covering Bristol Motor Speedway in dirt. <laughs> there are pictures on NASCAR.com if you are actually curious. We're not joking. It's a legit thing that they're doing. Uh, they're literally taking uh, piles of dirt, putting it on the track, and Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson are going to open as the heavy favorites to win the race. What's interesting is there's actually a dirt track at the premises of Bristol Motor Speedway. There's a drag strip, a dirt track, and the half-mile concrete oval. They're not racing on the dirt track. They covered the concrete oval in dirt, so it's a half-mile high-banked dirt track. It's the first time since, like, 1970 that the Cup Series will race on dirt in a points-paying race, so... That should be pretty interesting to to see what exactly happens. Um, but yeah, this should all lead to a very fun season. Um, pretty excited about some of these schedule changes, actually. Very happy that Coda is on the schedule. I've wanted that track on the schedule for like four years now. So that'll be that'll be quite fun. Now, strategies do change a little bit with uh, road courses, especially for DFS. Uh, typically you'll see fewer laps on road courses, especially road America. That's like a four mile track. So they're only going to do about 45 to 50 laps if I had to guess. Um, and if you're familiar with the scoring on DraftKings and FanDuel, DraftKings gives you 0.25 points for every lap led. And they give you 0.5 points for the fastest lap. And we call those dominator points. And on road courses, there are fewer dominator points. So typically in road courses, it's okay to have, you know, a lapse led dominator. But what you're really looking for is overall finishing position and guys that offer position differential upside. The scoring on FanDuel, we reached out to them to see if they're going to make any changes. I know Matt did. Uh, They offer 0.1 laps, 0.1 points for every lap led and 0.1 points 
for every lap completed. It's a weird scoring system. And then they also give you points based on where your drivers finish. Um, never really been too crazy about the FanDuel scoring. Uh, but Matt, go ahead. Yeah, there's also only five drivers on the FanDuel roster uh, as opposed to six right. on DraftKings. <clears throat> that changes up things a little bit. But yeah, the um, this many road courses is definitely going to be interesting for DFS scoring because, yeah, like Dan said, just less laps leads to less points. Yeah. Just the way it works. Um, I think Road America, so long they should give you two, like, they should just count each lap twice. <laughs> divide it in half. Because it's, it's legitimately a four-mile lap around there. So, um, so that should be interesting for some strategy. It'll bring some new strategy into play here. Uh, as well as some of the driver changes. We had quite a lot of movement this silly season and driver changes. I'm not sure if we expected quite this much. We've never in the two years or the, I guess this is the third year we've been doing this. I feel like this was the most eventful off season in terms of personnel changes and team changes. For sure. I mean, we had a couple of big names, uh, retire. Matt Kenseth retired again. Uh, <laughs> he probably should have came in because Kyle was <laughs> fired. And then it became very apparent. He no longer wanted to be in a car and just wants to go back to Wisconsin. Um, and then Clint Boyer and Jimmy Johnson both retired. So, um, you know, Clint Boyer, the fun loving driver, he's going to be in the Fox booth. We'll still hear him starting with the Daytona 500. Um, and I believe he's going to be on the Xfinity calls or the truck calls. One of the two. Good. With Tony Stewart, I think. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think it's going to be Boyer and Stewart and Adam Alexander on the Fox call for Xfinity. Um, Jimmy Johnson is going off to race in IndyCar on the road courses in IndyCar. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, between those mainly two guys retiring and then Kyle Larson getting back into the sport after being fired last year and then kicked out of the sport for saying racist things, uh, he's back. So there's quite a lot of movement there. And then some guys became available in the middle of the season. We weren't sure we're going to be available. So... Uh, Christopher Bell changed from the 95 Levine family racing team to the number 20 Joe Gibbs team. So that's a bump up for him. Alex Bowman listed him in my season primer as a, uh, technically a driver change because he moved from the 88 to the 48. Still on the same team. Same team, same crew chief, same everything, just new number. Uh, Kyle Larson is coming back, and he is jumping into Alex Bowman's old ride. He will take over the 88. Um, pretty exciting time for him. Great ride for him to actually come back. And after what happened, what he did last year uh, and, and losing his ride, to be able to come back and, and get the 88 car, it's a fantastic car. He's on a great team. Um, he did yeah, a, They've actually changed the number to five, but it's still— Oh, they changed it to five. Yes, and then he got Jimmy Johnson's crew chief for the last year and a half. In Cliff Daniel. So he's poised to win. In fact, if you look at the Vegas odds, he's like the eighth best odds to win the championship this year. Um, pretty good for a guy who was out of the sport and then did nothing but like win 81 races last year or something mm -hmm. in uh, the, the, <laughs> the Dirt Series. Um, Eric Jones takes over the Richard Petty number 43 because Bubba Wallace moved from that to the number 23, which, yes. If you're thinking the number 23 is synonymous with somebody, it is. Michael Jordan is in NASCAR. 
along with Denny Hamlin, those two co-own a team called 23XI Racing, which is where Mr. Bubba Wallace wound up. Daniel Suarez moved from the 96 to the 99 car. He's moving up in the numbers, and he's run out of them. So <laughs> not sure what's going to happen after this. That's a brand-new team called Trackhouse Racing. Um, one of our favorite drivers to watch last year, John Hunter Nemechek, is down in the truck series this year. Kind of a surprising but actually bold strategy because there's like a longer-term implication with that decision. Yeah, so he basically moved down to prove that he can like win again, get his confidence back, and then it opens up some driver seats in a couple of years for him. In the higher... Is the general belief that 23XI expands, and if he, by going down to the truck series where he'll develop a relationship with Toyota, is it the general idea that he could? he's basically trying to make a name for himself to get a seat with 23XI in the future? Yeah, essentially. 23XI yeah. is expected to become a two-car team next year, um, so obviously an open ride is going to be open to basically anybody, so... Uh, and he hasn't driven for Toyota before, so yeah, this is a good way to do that. Um, Ty Dillon moves to a part-time Cup, part-time Xfinity schedule. The Watermelon Man is in Cup full-time. Good for him. Chastain is in the 42 for Chip Ganassi Racing. Good ride. Kyle Larson's old car. And Corey LaJoy moved from the number 32 to the number 7, so he moves to the second car for Spire, so that should be a pretty good car for him. So, yeah, there's kind of a lot of movement there. Um, we Talk also about missed, Chase Briscoe. We also missed the two rookies. Uh, Chase Briscoe came up to fill the 14, which was previously piloted by Clint Boyer, so the initials don't even have to change on that car. Uh, <laughs> and then we get the guy with one of the best nicknames in the sport, Fast Pasta, is up in the 38 car for Front Row Motorsports. His name is Anthony Alfredo. Hence, Fast Pasta, because Alfredo's awesome. He's pretty fun to watch. Um, it's very so good yeah, on road courses. Should be quite fun to watch a bunch of new guys in a new in, in new cars. I don't know. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I can edit this out. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess we could touch a little bit on the changes to Xfinity and, and Truck. I mean, there's been a lot more movement down there. We're not going to uh, touch on everybody. I'm uh, not going to lie. I'm not that well-versed on that stuff right now unless <laughs> you are. No, I mean, some of the bigger names are heading back down there, like Ty Dillon will be more in the Xfinity Series this year. Obviously, John Hunter Nemechek we just talked about. Um, there's a couple other, um, you know, flyers in the Cup Series that are down in the Xfinity Series again. Um, I believe Natalie Decker will be back, though, in the Truck Series, if I'm not mistaken. Haley Deegan got a pretty good ride, too, right? Yeah, Haley Deegan got a good ride. Um, so, but it was good to see Natalie Decker back after her season ended with the health concerns. Mm -hmm. And she got that sorted out. Um, Ty Gibbs, I think, is going to make his Xfinity debut this year, if I'm not mistaken. Grandson of Joe 18-year-old making his Xfinity debut. Yeah, exactly. Um couple of guys in the truck series switched around. They were kind of, um, some of them were expected, some of them weren't. So it's kind of interesting. But Dan will have more for that in the uh, Xfinity and truck, um, you know, preseason openers there. So 
Other than that, it's going to be an exciting season for NASCAR. Got all three series covered every week. Mm-hmm. Um, kicks off in two weeks. I still can't believe it. does kick off in two weeks. The Clash is the, what, the ninth? Yeah. Two days after the Super Ninth. Um, that's an exhibition race. There'll probably be DFS contests for it. I will likely have a light playbook out for it. It's going to be a boring um, race. I'm prefacing this now. Yeah, it's going to be because there's like 18 or 19 drivers and they're running it on the 3.5 mile Daytona road course. So it's going to look like an F1 race. Yeah. Um, without Lewis Hamilton. Um, Chase Elliott's probably going to win. Probably. He's pretty good at road. He's pretty, pretty good at road courses. <laughs> Guys won, like, four straight races on road courses. Um, but I will have some light content out for it. I wouldn't play too heavily. The Daytona 500 is going to be the Super Bowl of the season. That's the biggest race that kicks it off. So we will have full coverage for that and a pod for that and everything out for the Daytona weekend. So get ready, folks. We're going racing here in a couple of weeks. Definitely excited. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I normally sign off by saying best of luck, FA Nation, but there's no races this weekend. Uh, there's so, no races. Yeah, uh, we'll see you in a couple. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Uh, but, Matt, thank you so much for your time. FA Nation, NASCAR's back. So happy to have you on board.